Softies. Welcome to another episode of Soft Boys Anonymous. I'm your host as always, Cody Cannon. And of course, as usual, Jose is here with me. Here, here. Yeah, so uh, we got a few recent things, a few not so recent things. Uh, first up, an update from last week. I did not watch the horror movie I was told to watch. Uh, What was it? Drag Me to Hell? Yeah. First it was some other movie and then Drag Me to Hell and I didn't watch either one of those. Yeah, but I did watch the movie you recommended me to watch. Well, recommended not as in this movie's great. Uh, Recommended as in you have to watch this horse shit. Yeah, and I want my 70 minutes back. (laughs) You will never be able to get it back. And for that film, it was, uh, for those that don't know, it was Manos, The Hands of Fate. Yes, a notoriously awful independent film from 1966. That had an extremely, extremely low budget, and uh, the only people that got paid was actually the little girl and the dog that was portrayed in the movie, believe it or not. She was paid with a bicycle, and the dog got, like, 30 pounds worth of dog food. Yeah, no wonder no one tried. Oh, and also, an interesting, uh, a couple interesting facts about the movie is that, um, what's his name, Torgo? That twitchy uh, hunchback? Yeah, yeah the weird, guy? creepy assistant dude, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently he was high majority of his scenes that twitch yeah. that was actually just him on lsd and then the uh, the other thing is um the camera that they used to film the to film the movie uh each each scene was filmed for 30 seconds because uh the quality of the camera it only allowed 30 second clips to be filmed so they had to like you know it's just one of those weird cameras and uh, and everyone that helped create the film, they have no idea what they were doing. They have no experience in film ever. So they were just kind of winging it, which I thought was hilarious. By the way, where did you find this movie? How did you come about with this movie? Uh, I saw it on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And that's, if anyone doesn't know that show, it's just a show from the 90s where a guy and, you know, like these two puppets uh, watch a mo- watch a uh, public domain movie and, ri- and, you know, they riff on it. Like riff tracks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that I was I knew that I was going to be in a horrible ride when um the first dialogue you could tell it's uh dubbed that someone ADR'd it. Oh yeah, I'm because sure a majority of the movie is ADR'd. It is because the camera didn't pick up the uh, pick up the audio. So when the movie premiered, the uh actress who played the wife, apparently she 
she fell apart. She was so sad that uh, her lines were dubbed, which I thought was funny as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be too and upset over anything that happens to you in Manos, the hands of fate. <laughs> and apparently this thing has like a cult following that they were trying to get yeah. a sequel from Kickstarter. And uh, yeah. there's a video game adaptation. And uh, it took me a while to realize that um, that the uh, the cult leader, his costume, his wardrobe was a giant hand. Yeah, it's just a big black robe with two red hands on it. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that. Oh, and by the way, what was the whole point of the couple making out in the car? They served probably no none. None. And the cops? None. Incompetent. Yeah. Incompetent. Yeah. Most of the movie doesn't have a point. And uh, and at the should, should I spoil the end of the movie? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the little girl and the wife, the little girl and her mother, they become the wives of Manos. I was like, what? So Manos pretty much leads like a sex cult. He's kind of like Dracula, where he makes a bunch of women he fancies his wives okay so like why did he want the little girl as his wife maybe maybe she'll grow into it i don't know probably not probably not because everyone else stayed the same it's when they died right right so i guess he's trying pedophilia for the first time i don't know maybe maybe he adopt that's uh, like a weird (laughs) <laughs> Manos adoption. Manos adoption. Manos is Manos is uh, creating an orphanage. And uh, oh, my favorite part was uh, Torgo trying to cop a feel. Yeah. And it, I was like, "What the like? What the fuck?" He's are you just doing? reaching he's like, in for an uncomfortably long amount of time, very slowly. And she, and she takes her sweet ass time to reject him. I'm like, yeah. dude. It's horrid. It's horrid. <laughs> it's... it's truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it's on Amazon Prime Video, so you should all watch it. It's also available or maybe on not. Uh, It's also available on Tubi for free. Shout out to Tubi for uh, saving me 3.99. Well, do you have a Amazon Prime account? No, I don't. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't find it online to stream. So, but luckily Tubi was available. So, shout out to Tubi. You can uh, probably I wouldn't doubt it being on YouTube. Nah. There was trailers and there was the Mystery Science Theater 3000 trailer. But other than that, no. Uh, and also the husband though, he's, he... okay, okay, here's my main complaint. So they were driving through the middle of nowhere and it was still daylight. Yes. And then the wife said, the wife said, well, I'm just exaggerating, but the wife pretty much said, let's go back. And then the husband's like, no, 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 let's stay here for the, let's stay here for the night. And I'm like, it's fucking daylight still. Just go back, go back the same road you came. Yeah. And he's also the chauvinistic pig who can't ask for directions. 
Because, <laughs> you know, men can't ask for directions. Right. Oh, and uh, can we talk about the annoying soundtrack? Yeah, just the same awful song played over and over. And by the way, that kid, that little girl, she can't act for shit. Well, no one can in this movie. Well, her especially, because like... Uh... <laughs> oh, and, and the continuity errors. Like, for example, uh, when they were in the living room, I guess it was the living room, and she was asleep. Within the next shot, she's awake. And then in the next shot, she's asleep. And I'm like, oh my god. This is like, I don't know. It's It was giving me a headache, but I was also laughing at the same time. If we're being honest, this was far more entertaining than Pool Boy 2. Oh, fuck off. No. <laughs> yes! Pool I Boy 2 goes it. by way quicker. Like Manos is only <laughs> 70 minutes, but it feels like two and a half hours. Nah, man. Yes, it I does. found this it movie drags. far more entertaining. Pool Boy was... Ugh. I couldn't handle that. Come on, that movie's funny. Yeah, but but uh, everyone, well, it knows that it was trying to be funny. This one, Manos, it didn't know that it was supposed to be funny. They they took it seriously. <laughs> it was only then until the director realized, you know what? Well, let's just treat it as a comedy. It's truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Do you have any other worst movies that you could recommend me to watch? Because I'm actually into shitty movies now. I mean, so. Nurse Sherry. It's on YouTube. Nurse Sherry. Okay. Uh, uh, Black Shampoo. Black Shampoo. <laughs> uh, Superman but, 4, The Quest for Peace. Uh, Supergirl. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Sure, it's on, it's on Netflix still. Uh, so, um, I did not watch a horror movie, but what I did watch this past week was Dolomite Is My Name, which came out uh-huh. on Netflix, and it's amazing. Okay. It yeah. is uh, the funniest movie I've seen in a long time. Really? And it's also just my favorite movie of the year. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Already beat out Avengers and John Wick even, and Always Be My Maybe. Even Joker? Oh, yeah. Joker's like number five right now. Okay. Okay. So what is it about the movie that you enjoyed? It's just really damn funny. Uh, of course, this, this movie is kind of like a... Well, it's sort of a biopic. I'm sure it takes a lot of liberties, but it's about Rudy Ray Moore, an underground uh, raunchy comic in the 70s who develops this character, Dolomite, who, who speaks like uh, all these uh, well, all these homeless guys and hobos around his, you know, his community. He starts like talking like them and like dressing, dressing like a pimp. Yeah. And he ends up making all and the movies about him making all these comedy albums and then wanting to make a movie and all the stuff that goes into him doing that, like super independent, everyone telling him no and not wanting to fund him. And he ends up 
doing everything to fund it himself. And I mean, it's, well, other than it's just being funny, like, one, it has a great cast. You got Eddie Murphy, who gives by far his best performance in a long time. And don't you say since Norbit. I was not going to say that. (laughs) Norbit was probably what killed his career for a while. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he's great. And there's a, there's like a good sincerity to the performance where it's not shitting on the guy, right? It's not like making fun of him for his it's more like a being over the top or a, you would say it's a tribute movie rather than a biopic. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit biopic in it, but like not too much. They like hint at his childhood a little bit, but it, you're not like seeing his whole life story. And I mean, everyone else that's in the movie is great. Uh, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, Wesley he, he Keegan Michael Key plays the uh, screenwriter for the Dolomite movie, or that <laughs> Rudy Ray Moore, I guess, co-writes it with. And of course, Keegan Michael Key, he's he's one of my favorite comic actors. Just his reactions to things are hysterical and his timing. If only he brought that to uh, Predator, the Predator movie. Well, but, I, I uh, didn't I didn't bother watching that. <laughs> uh, Wesley Snipes was amazing. Yeah, he was in the movie and he was... Did, did, did you watch this movie? Yeah, I did. Oh, I okay. Okay, it. I yeah. thought you didn't see it. No, I, no, I did. I watched it a few okay. hours ago. Great, I yeah. enjoyed it. Wesley Snipes was awesome, very... Uh, I guess immaculate, yeah, or a feminine. Yeah, he was very uh, feminine. In the movie. He was he was very much because he was just in like one elevator scene of Rosemary's Baby, working for Roman Polanski. He thinks he's a big shot, and he kind of <laughs> thinks he's hot shit and better than everyone else. Obviously, and everyone's like, "Fuck this guy!" Fuck this guy! And like. <laughs> I mean, this movie is actually pretty inspiring. Actually, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's a very uplifting story of just how a guy is able to get his movie made no matter what. It's, I recommend any uh, filmmaker watch it. I uh, unfortunately, I'm not really well uh, well educated on black exploitation films as you are. I don't know if you are, but uh, you seem to know a more. A little bit. I mean, a little bit more than I, I do. I think, I think we all know the cliches and the stereotypes and everything. You know, like the trends in black exploitation. Yeah, but uh, but having no knowledge of black exploitation when I watched it for the first time, honestly, I it really enjoyed that that uh, warming feeling of just these group of friends just making a movie and just enjoying the hell out of it enjoying making it and that's what you know the the chemistry with everyone uh everyone knew it's it was ludicrous everyone everyone knew it was going to be you know yeah i mean they were they were trying to make a movie for their audience Uh, i guess the um sort of catalyst for them making this movie is uh, uh ruby ray moore and the guy Mike Epps plays and their other two friends go to see this 
Oh yeah, one of them's Craig Robinson. Uh, oh, I love Craig. Yeah, they go they go see this um I guess white studio comedy and they're the only people in the theater who aren't laughing cuz they just don't get Understand. the get the jokes like it's not their culture. So they're like, well, right. what is this?" and Rudy Ray Moore's just like, "Well, I'll make a movie with Dolomite for he he may have not like loved the movie, but he was inspired by seeing something on a big screen. Um, and also, I think it's interesting that they hired film students as the crew. Yeah, was it like USC or UCLA or something? One yeah, of the ga- one of the guys is Cody Smith McPhee, <laughs> and uh, d- uh, um, Rudy Ray Moore called him an Alfred Hitchcock looking motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, and he ends up, um, they end up stealing electricity from next door. Yeah. (laughs) To get lights. (laughs) They had to work with what they got. So, I mean, if you go to film school, you could work in blaxploitation. I I think that's the lesson. Yeah, that's the lesson. Yeah. For everyone. For everyone out there that wants to be an aspiring filmmaker, just make a blaxploitation film. Well... Yeah, sure. Or be involved in it. Or be involved in it. Do you think uh, Eddie Murphy's going to get an Oscar nom? I probably not. Probably not. But he's fantastic in the movie. It's so refreshing seeing him just loosen himself up and be in this role rather than, you know, i.e. Norbit or the Nutty Professor movies or. Yeah, nothing like too zany, but he's still being Eddie Murphy, still being funny. Yeah, he adds his own flavor to it, you know. And he has he has a little there's a little there's a few scenes of layers from Eddie Murphy as Rudy Ray Moore. Mainly like the couple scenes where he mentions his father. Right. And you see the human side of Rudy Ray Moore. So yeah, I I loved it. Netflix is on a roll with uh, their um they're produced films. Yeah, they're not dog shit anymore. Or they're not all dog shit. Like, uh, what was the dog shit Netflix movie? Uh, Pretty much most Bright. of their early stuff. Bright, The Open House. Uh, I think their upcoming, yeah, next month, or this coming week is their upcoming uh, film, The Irishman. Yeah, I think that's I think that's going on there at like the end of November. Uh are you gonna watch it? Yeah, probably. Oh, and well, you're probably gonna watch it in parts because it's a three hour and thirty minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big fan of three and a half hours. <laughs> Which coincidentally I I didn't, I know we already talked about this, but to everyone listening, I finally finished the ultimate cut of Watchmen. Not going to watch that again, but I successfully watched it. Is that the best comment you can give? No. Is that that? Because you mentioned this to me before, off air. So I'm like, the only compliment he's giving is that he finished it. Yes. <laughs> Which tells me he does not recommend this version. I don't recommend this version because it's just this is for like boring. At, 
No, no, no. It's just for like the hardcore comic fans, the hardcore fans of the comic that want to see the whole the whole novel in completion. I recommend the director's cut. And A you brisk should watch three it. hours. <laughs> right, but still, it's tighter and a little more cohesive than the ultimate cut. All right. But, See, I'm not... But, most of the time, if a movie is like three hours or even two and a half or more, it's... I mean, sometimes it works. There, There's always exceptions to everything. But then a lot of times, you kind of just feel the bloat. Right. Like, you, you feel the runtime, and you, you can tell that the director either edited this or was way too attached to all of his material or her material that they just couldn't cut anything and it's clear. And then there are a lot of scenes that you don't need. Uh, even, even something like Schindler's list kind of has that problem. There were a few of those scenes that I just felt like didn't, weren't really needed. Right. Uh, but you know, sometimes it's fine. Yeah, as long as it grabs your attention, as long as the uh, the pacing is right, yeah. then you're good to go. Unlike, I guess, for example, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Mainly The Hobbit. Because that, that could have been like two movies, two to two and a half hours each. And it'd be done. You, you'd yeah. be good to go. But no... Peter Jackson wanted to stretch it out for three films. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I, don't, I didn't fully watch the third one. I think I watched the second half of it. I watched it. I, I stopped when they, uh, when they killed the, uh, when they killed the dragon. I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. I mean, that I, was the buildup. Yeah, I watched Desolation of Smaug, and then I really didn't like that one, so I was like, I'm not gonna bother seeing the third one in theaters. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not a fan of like three hour long films or two and a half hour long films, but as long as you can keep the pacing right, then you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like the raid two, it did not feel like two and a half hours. It did not. And it kept getting like, usually you would feel burnout by like the last half hour, but I didn't get that at all. I, I was like more amped as it was going on. And right. The fights gradually get better and better and more intense. And watch, watch the rate too. Oh my God. Dudes, like those that are listening, you do yourselves a favor and watch the raid too. With subtitles, like, not the dub. With subtitles, not that fucking dub shit. Yeah. Subs, yeah. not dubs. Well, except for animation. I'm fine with it. Uh, by the way, let me ask you a question. When it comes to anime, why are the main characters, the main male characters, why do they have like female Japanese voices or high-pitched voices? In I don't the, know. Uh, I mean, like American cartoons, there are a lot of females voicing younger males because um, they can keep that pitch. 
Yeah, you know, but with like, like a guy, a lot of times their like voice can drop, especially yeah, if it's like, like a young boy. So they'll just cast an adult female that can keep that pitch and isn't their voice isn't going to change in a year. I was ex- well, I was mentioning an- anime though, like Dragon Ball Z. Like yeah, the, probably uh, the same thing. Well, the Japanese dubbed. Uh, it's just I was expecting like a very masculine Japanese uh, actor to voice Goku. And no, Goku, he's just like, you know, he's talking like this. He talking like this. Well, I think that is a man voicing Goku in the Japanese. I don't, I don't know whatever the original intention was for Goku in Japan, but yeah, that's what we got. I don't, yeah. I don't really mind it. I don't, I don't really listen to the Japanese dub anyways because we've been fortunate to have a good English dub. Oh, thank God. Not, not all animes are so lucky. Uh, wait, lucky as in the English dubbed or what? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't watch all animes, so I I don't always know, but at least with Dragon Ball Z, the English dub is good. Um, oh, you recommended me Manos. Well, I recommend you Dragon Ball Evolution. So that way we'll even the score. I've I've seen that movie a few times. Damn it. (laughs) I saw that movie. I didn't see it in theaters because it didn't come to my theater. But with good reason. Well, I saw it like the hol during the holidays that year. I had gotten the DVD, <gasps> and like when I watched, it, I didn't think it was that bad. There, there were parts of it where I was like, "Oh, this isn't great," and then other parts where I kind of saw where something good could come out of it. I'm sure I despise it now. But, I mean, there's still probably, like, hints I can think of. Like, that's okay, that's okay. The rest of this is bad, and where they just didn't get it. I guess this is, uh, when you told me to watch Manos, I guess this is payback for having me forcing you to watch Fantastic Four. You didn't force me to watch Fanforstick. Fanforstick. Though you did beg me for a long time. I did beg you. And And I managed to do it. Yeah, because, like, the Blu-ray was super cheap at Big Lots. Big Lots, definitely, you can get some decent deals there. The other week, I got Borat on DVD for 75 cents. 75 cents? Yeah. There were just a bunch of DVDs of Borat. And both, both, uh, the covers are a little different. I mean, both of them have, like, this kind of cheap bootleg look to them. Uh, but one's in English and another one's in whatever the language is in Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up getting the English one, but, uh, that one was available too. I mean, I guess I didn't know the difference. So like when you, when you first see it, you're like, is this a bootleg that they're selling of this movie? But no, it's, it's legit. And also a Fox movie, so technically Disney, Disney owns Borat. Disney owns Borat. And that's probably going to go in the Disney Vault too. Ayo! Ayo! Disney Cause, Plus! Because apparently they're secret... Disney is secretly putting a few Fox movies in there. Oh yeah? I, I didn't look into it very much, but that's what I'm hearing. Uh, speaking of uh, Disney Plus, have you seen the Mandalorian trailer? The other day? Yes. Uh, it came out like, I don't know, last night or whatever it was. Uh it was it was pretty good, yeah. 
I mean, it's about, it's about as good as the first trailer as well, so I bet have about the same thoughts. I don't have, like, too much different to add. The whole trailer kind of just builds up to the Mandalorian saying anything. And it kind of says, like, good. okay, good, or something like that. Yeah. But uh, most of it's uh, Werner, Werner, uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog. Doing narration. And, like, a bunch of action happening. And you're like, yeah, this is fucking cool. I'd watch this shit. It actually doesn't entice me to want to watch it. Like, I don't know. I'm... I mean, I'm in. I'm down to see something Star Wars that's new and different and not what we've been getting. Or just not, like, what we've seen before. Um. Uh, well... It's going to be weekly, right? They're going to release an episode. I think week. so. So, okay, like, so... you and I are both going to wait until the the full first season is out before we think about trying Disney Plus. And so uh, we can at least binge some newer stuff that they're adding on there. Again, uh, you can watch Lady and the Tramp. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I'll watch it for you. I mean, I guess if. You know, it's like you're paying that for a month of it, so, like, you might as well, but, eh. Eh. Yeah, uh, I don't really, I don't want to encourage Disney to keep doing this. Doing what? But they are anyways. Uh, You know, remaking more of their classic movies and and they look like ass and then they put them on Disney Plus when they don't think it's going to do well in theaters. Maybe that's maybe that's what they're going to do. I I can actually see Disney Plus remaking uh their classic films and releasing it on Disney Plus, kind of like Netflix. They're releasing quote-unquote original content. Yeah, I just I don't want it. You don't want it. Yeah, I don't want that. Like the originals are fine the way they are. You don't need to remake them. Like all the other generations are gonna see these movies anyways. You guys you... successfully pass it down through every generation. You don't have to remake it because you think kids won't know what it is or will be bored by it or something. Because every I... generation proves that they aren't bored by it. I guarantee Disney is gonna try to remake Peter Pan. Eventually. Make... Eventually. I'm surprised they haven't already done it. And I mean, they probably would want to correct some of the uh, racial insensitivity of the original that they made. That's why I was suggesting it, that they were gonna do it. Yeah, because you look back at the original, I mean, it's fun, but it's also kind of racist at times, specifically with the Native Americans with an entire song called What Made the Red Man Red. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, uh... But, I mean, there are a few things. If they wanted to reboot some stuff, I mean, I don't... Like, they're, like, they're big fairy tales. Like, they're they're gonna do that anyways, but I think that if they wanted to do this idea for Disney+, Plus, well, one, I think they're... I think they're remaking Home Alone for it. I uh, heard Home that Alone. at some point. 
But um, oh, it's I was gonna be... yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, but uh, yeah, they are remaking Home Alone, but um, it turns out uh, it's gonna be a rated R stoner comedy of Home Alone, starring Ryan Reynolds apparently, or produced by Ryan Reynolds. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. but. I mean, if they wanted to remake or reboot some of their stuff, I feel like they could dig a little deeper into some of their other properties that they hadn't used in a while. Like the Mighty Ducks. Where's my D4, the Mighty Ducks? (laughs) Or or just a reboot of the Mighty Ducks. Like, that's a no-brainer to do Mighty Ducks again. (laughs) I mean, it was big in the 90s. They made three movies. They made that garbage animated series but which the animated series is on disney plus but not the movies for some reason i don't know why and i uh since a few days ago i actually i was curious and looked back at the opening of the animated series i listened to the theme song man that's a hodgepodge of crap just like a bunch of sounds like jumbled up together like uh, hair rock mixed with 90s extreme vibes. Uh, do you uh, remember back in the day when um, Disney, the Disney Channel, they would release uh, spinoff TV shows? Like, uh, yes. you've seen Emperor's New Groove, right? I Yeah, I've seen that, and I've seen Emperor's New School. Yeah, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, that, that show is on there. Oh, it's it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, if you want to go and subscribe to watch the Emperor's New School, I hated that show. Uh, Lilo and Stitch the series, of course, there were a bunch in the nineties, like Tarzan, Hercules, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. I actually enjoyed the Tarzan spinoff show. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching the Aladdin show in the mornings. And. what what else? What are the spinoff shows they did? I mean, there was Lilo but, and Stitch and Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I actually enjoyed the uh, movie uh, Buzz Lightyear Star Command. That was which, a good one. Which Buzz Lightyear of Star Command also not on Disney Plus? Come on, God, Disney. Disney! Come on, yeah, Disney, get Come your on. shit together! Come on, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. But they at least they have recess. That's good. Yeah, they have every episode of Recess and the specials and the movie. I think I think uh, by December, uh, you're going to be, every day you're going to be binging a lot of shit from Disney Plus. You're going to take advantage of I'm, it. I'm, there are a couple shows that piqued my interest, like Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers is in there in its entirety, I think. And that's another thing they should reboot. Chippendales? Yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Eh, they should. What about DuckTales? They should reboot well, that. They did. Oh, they it's did? a Disney XD show. I hear it's actually pretty good. Oh. Um, like, I, I don't really typically have TV or or watch it, so like it doesn't appeal as much to me. Maybe if it's on. Maybe if they what about, put some uh, of it on Disney Plus, I might check it out. Uh, didn't they make a Goof Goof Troop? Is that what it's called? Goof Troop. N- they did not reboot that. I mean, there what was a Goofy movie. 
I mean, there's a goofy movie and extremely goofy movie. Ah, uh, the nostalgia. Yeah, I think it's still on Netflix. It's very odd. There's a lot of ska music throughout the whole thing. Um, there are like two female characters, uh, you know, the librarian, the goofy dates. I think she has a name. But then there's this poetry girl who has no name. She's just poetry girl. And she uh, is dating uh, Max's uh, best friend. What was his name? Like PJ. PJ, yeah. Yeah, I think she ends up getting into him. Yeah. Which, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. She was was a... I don't know. You were about to compliment her, weren't you? No, I was like... I don't know. In this in this world with these animals, I could see them going after her. It's a little weird that they sex up these animal people sometimes. Yeah, you gave Uh, me shit for uh, having a crush on Roxanne. Yeah, you gave me so much shit. Yeah. (laughs) What? I mean, you you got the hots for Roxanne. Uh, Hey, you told me a few months ago when that Cats trailer dropped. You no. said okay, wait, wait. You said that the Rebel Wilson cat was kind of hot. Uh, that that's unrelated. And that she was thick. That So that... Jose is into furries. No, I'm not. I'm not. Furries. Full disclosure, I'm not. But she was thick. <laughs> yeah, this Mandalorian trailer is decent. And uh, uh, last week Last week, Star Wars Episode Nine had a trailer. I enjoyed uh, that trailer. Yeah, that that was pretty solid. Um, I've I've liked all the trailers for Rise of Skywalker. Fine, and this yeah, one was also really cool. No, no, no. But like this one though, like okay, like the other Star Wars, the the other uh, the what was it called again? The last uh, the the Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. Those trailers. They were all right, you know. They give you what you want, you know, the tease you and whatnot. But this final trailer, it just make made it feel like all these years has come to this one movie, and it makes it into an epic. It feels epic, like. And uh, they like, kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, they manipulate you into thinking that three PO is gonna die, which he's probably he's not. Die. I think he's going to die, man. They, I think the worst they're going to do with 3PO is wipe his memory. And he's going to be evil? Well, no. He's probably not going to be evil. I, I Well, okay, look, I think he's going to die because, I don't know. Because, like... Well, I mean, if they did, why would they reveal that in the trailer? And especially well, with J.J. Abrams. It could be a cop-out. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's probably a cop-out. Well, what about uh, Evil Ray from the uh, second trailer? I think yeah, that's I've, a cop-out, have... too. Yeah. Oh, it's totally a cop-out. Yeah, that's a cop-out. Either she ends up having a clone, or it's like some vision. Or maybe she fights herself, yeah. Ugh, that's eh, I wouldn't want that at all. No, you wouldn't be into that. Uh, Ray fighting herself, nah. Or evil but... Ray gets shipped with Kylo Ren. 
I honestly can see that. Like Kylo Ren, like he uh, he couldn't convince Ray to join his side, so he, I don't know, creates a clone. So he there's can fuck a weird something. clone thing. And yes, I don't know what Palpatine's gonna be doing in this movie. I don't care. I'm gonna watch the movie. And that's another cop out. I'm willing to bet that's another cop out. Palpatine, he's not gonna be you know like the main bad guy in the movie. He might. But uh, did you get your tickets? No, I did not get my ticket. I but... I managed to uh, have mine. I'm gonna go out of town a little ways and uh. Yeah, you're gonna go to the IMAX showing, right? It's no, it's a Dolby. Oh, okay. At a, it's at an AMC. Oh, okay. I think. It was highly recommended to me, and there wasn't a convenient seat in the IMAX showing at a convenient time, so Dolby. Uh, I'm gonna uh, wait until um, push comes to shove. I'm just gonna wait until I get to Raleigh to see it in real IMAX, and if not, then uh, I'll just go to my regular theater. Star Wars is one of those movies you have to see opening night. Yes, I want to see it opening night. I want to see the. That's one of those franchises you kind of have to go opening night. Same with Marvel sometimes, or at least for their big Avengers movies, because otherwise you're gonna get spoiled. I'm desperate. Um, I'm my resolution is trying to avoid spoilers from YouTube, from articles, but I've never been to a Star Wars premiere ever. Uh, so... I went to opening night for episode 7, Rogue One, and episode 8. Was it lively? I mean, yeah. It's Star Wars. But I meant like hardcore fans, like hooping and hollering. Was that? I mean, I guess, yeah. There's cheering and everything. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I will go opening night for my local Greenville theater. Uh, yeah, just see it on like a regular screen. If you want to see it again on something more fancy, you do that. Yeah, because I really want to experience like a like a very lively audience reaction because that's where the fun is. That's where you get your money's worth is to see the fans treating this like, like the fucking Bible or whatever. Oh yeah. That's how it felt during Avengers Endgame. A packed uh, theater for a 2D showing. Man, I saw the premiere of Endgame at my local theater and then the kid behind me wouldn't shut up. He... He questioned everything. He even said, who's that guy in the iron suit? I'm like, are you kidding me? Clearly, he hadn't kept up with the MCU. But, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, before we keep going with Star Wars, which leads up, what, what would you give Dolomite's rating? i give it a full price. What would you give yeah, it? Yeah, high full price. Give it four high and a half price. stars. Okay, okay. Oh, um, the reason why uh, we were talking about Star Wars, there's another thing that happened, another incident. Um, the writers from Game of Thrones, apparently they dropped out of uh, 
making the new trilogy. Yeah, that's Star breaking Wars. today as of Tuesday, so the day before this comes up. Um, Benioff and Wise, the uh, writers and showrunners of Game of Thrones on HBO, have left their trilogy of movies that they were going to do for Lucasfilm. And I also heard this today that the Game of Thrones prequel was canceled. <gasps> what? They, they canceled the pilot for that. Oh, no. Like, they didn't even make it. Oh, no. Oh, so, I did not know that. Yeah, they've, I guess, people have really soured on Benioff and Wise since the last season of Game of Thrones. I haven't nice. watched it. I've just heard the backlash and everyone disliking it. And today I also saw, it was a, uh, like a detailed breakdown of this interview that was had with them at like a convention or something. Uh, basically, they they described working on Game of Thrones as a film school for them, as they right. were learning a lot of this stuff for the first time. And a lot of people working on the show were learning a lot of it for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, and they didn't have, like, a writing team. It was just them and, like, one or two other people the whole time. So I guess like like when they stop directly uh, adapting the books and start making up their own stuff, that's when you can kind of tell it's them. And uh, uh, they they said something about they were asked if they went online ever and looked at the res- to the if they ever looked at the response to the show. Uh, one of them said no, never, and that he did not uh, care what the reaction was, which is not a good thing to say. <laughs> and the other one's like, yeah, I, I saw it like once, and and it was very disheartening. The other guy's like, I don't give a fuck, which that's not good to say. Uh, like you, um. I haven't seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. I've seen honestly. like a season and a half of it. Oh, okay. But uh, so I can attest that at least the early parts of the show are good. But is it good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good show. But yeah, but from what I've heard about the reason why season 8 was so abysmal was because the writers um they were uh the reason why it felt the main complaint from the uh, fans was that it was rushed. Season 8 was rushed. The reason why it was rushed is because the writers, <clears throat> they, they've uh, had a meeting with Lucas Films and that they just scored writing a new trilogy for Star Wars. So they were like, okay, we got to get this uh, Game of Thrones shit over with. Let's, let's write it up. Let's uh, end it right now so we can go do Star Wars. Which isn't good because they spent like so many years on it and that was like their big thing and the reason they got Star Wars is like senior year of high school when you just stop trying once you get into a school (laughs) and like no you should still try because they can still kick you out so so pretty much they wasted all those years of build up 
and when they found out that they're gonna uh, be involved with the new trilogy of Star Wars, they're like, "Oh, that's like my the one thing that I really want to do right for Star Wars. Let's just kill this show off and go move to Lucas." It seems then, like they were both asshats who just kind of got lucky. But then, but then they got kicked out of Star Wars, so all that... Apparently, it was a schedule thing, but I think it's more than that. Because it's Star Wars, and you can make your schedule work for Star Wars. Right. Like, that's the biggest thing that, like, just about anyone who would be remotely interested would want to do. Right. So, you know, I find that both pitiful and hilarious because they've worked so hard to create this this iconic show. Yeah. That that everyone everyone around the world knows Game of Thrones. And yet and they now with that last season they pretty much killed off the whole fan base. Right. And and no one wants them to even touch Star Wars. They know they they uh, the fans of Game of Thrones knowing about season eight. They don't want this to happen with Star Wars. They don't want these guys touching Star Wars. So I, I just find I just find it funny. These fans, man, these fans, they go hardcore on this shit. Yeah, I mean, if it's a franchise you hold near and dear. You feel like the people who made the latest whatever messed up on it, it kind of damages it for you, I guess. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, which apparent, apparently his other movies are good. I hear Knives Out is really good. Those people that defend Last Jedi, I kind of don't get it now. This is just not very good. Yeah, but... Um... Like, it's okay in parts... But, like, it's not great. I mean, visually, it's very yeah. beautiful, appealing. But Just, like, a lot of the movie makes no sense. And I get diverting expectations, and I'm all for that. But this just kind of took a dump on it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, who are those writers again? What were their names again? Because Benioff I don't see them. And Wise. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing anything for a while. Yeah, or at least not. They'll have to prove themselves again. I heard that they got a new that they uh, that they were hired by Netflix to create a yeah. new show. Yeah, they got something with Netflix, so I guess they opted to do that instead. So only one could hope uh, they get their act together and not rush at all. Yeah. Do you do you think Brian Johnson's still going to do his trilogy? Or if well, that's just going to end up falling apart too? Well, with Kevin Feige on board, I don't think that's going to happen. With Kevin Feige, he's going to try to create something new. and uh, That the fans will actually like. That the fans will actually they won't like, as just like to... really divide their fan base and kind of lose public favor. I know Last Jedi still has like a ninety something critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 
But also, you got to think, that's just the percentage that are fresh. So there could be, like, a lot of really low-scoring freshes, but still fresh. Um, Which I would probably give the movie as well. Like, I'm trying to think of, um, like, Kevin Feige, knowing that he's a... I think, knowing that he's a fan of Star Wars, with his new films, I think... He's going to give the fans what they want instead of uh, following the influence of uh, corporate, you know, like treating yeah. it like a business. Well, he knows how to work with corporate and yeah. make something that will sell to the audience and um, have them feeling like they got what they wanted, but they still got something new. And he's he's proven that with like the last 11 years of the MCU. So... I mean, yeah, he's a good choice. Ryan Johnson on paper was a good choice. But execution then, Yeah, it didn't work. It well, I it was Ryan Johnson trying to experiment, I guess. He wanted to Yeah, wanted to it, it, it feel it felt a little I don't wanna say it was kinda selfish. And just how he's like, yeah, I don't care for any of what was set up in the previous movie. I'm going to throw it all out and make nothing even in the in this narrative matter, really. And just kill off Luke Skywalker. Which, that the death of Luke Skywalker made no sense. Because <laughs> he didn't need to die at all. He, he just he did. Even, he just did, and I was like, what? Yeah. That, and what, that was, what was the point of him saying, like, see you around, kid? And he just dies. He's just gonna haunt him as a force ghost. Why not just go there? I and you can still con- you can still haunt him as a force ghost after. Yeah, but uh, I will say one positive thing about Last Jedi is um, <clears throat> um, the Porgs. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> not the Porg. I'm kidding. <laughs> the one positive thing is um, with Kylo Ren trying to reason with Rey. Yeah, like the Kylo Ren and Rey stuff. And even a little bit of the Luke Skywalker stuff was the only really good parts. Yeah, but like uh, uh, Kylo Ren was telling Ray not to join the dark side or the good side. Just let's just get, get out of here. Like, who gives a shit about which side you're on? And I never really thought of it like that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I mean, he does have a point. Why join either side? Just get out of there. Just not focus on either side, you know? I kind of enjoyed that that concept that you don't have to pick a side. You could just go do your own do your own thing. But uh, execution wise, Ryan Johnson failed. Unfortunately, I would love yeah, to see his. Yeah, up turning off like a lot of people, and then of course Solo came out. I enjoyed Solo more than Last Jedi, but you could tell that uh, that was corporate like that was heavily influenced by the by the studio instead of uh well not the studio i mean it was heavily tainted by producers wanting to create something quick a cash grab if you yeah i mean just and just a movie no one really wanted to begin with i'm just glad that um, they're not doing the whole let's release a star wars movie every year or every two years yeah it's it's not necessary. 
And I mean, with all their Disney Plus stuff that they're going to be doing for Star Wars, they'll be fine. I think that strategy is probably a better one. What are your What are your expectations though for Rise of Skywalker? I think it's going to be good. Like I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like uh, I don't know. I I'm hoping J.J. Abrams will like. I hope like it ends, and you feel like okay, you're done. If yeah, no and um, no I mean, yeah, it's the end of trilogy, so they're probably gonna do that, and just him being able to tie those first, to tie Force Awakens and Last Jedi together, and kind of make them feel part of the same story, because they don't right now. And just yeah, like, yeah, just giving a satisfying conclusion. Oh, and. Uh... <laughs> What was that? What was that shit? Everyone was uh, also complaining about in Last Jedi that Ray's parents weren't important. That they were I don't just mind scavengers. That. I, I didn't because uh, I, like, I think it's really cheesy to just make her Luke Skywalker's kid, and also I mean, that makes Luke Skywalker a deadbeat. Well, I mean, he she wouldn't she didn't have she doesn't have to be a Skywalker kid. She could be a related to Jedi. Just her being related to someone else we already know is just kind of lame. It's like, I like the idea of her just being her own person. Uh, Or anybody can be the hero of the story. They don't have to have the last name Skywalker to be the hero. I will say this, though. I really hope that, uh, JJ pulls a surprise on us and brings Jar Jar back. Oh, come on. You got to admit, if he brings back Jar Jar Binks, everyone in the theaters is going to go nuts. <laughs> That's going to be a really mixed reaction. <laughs> a lot of yes and a lot of what the fuck. But like it's a oh, but it's like an old Jar Jar, like a wiser a wise Jar Jar who still acts the yes. same and hangs yes. out with some porks. <laughs> now I want to watch Phantom Menace again just to Ooh. see him. That movie's really boring. Like half yeah, the but... time. By the time I got to the pod race the last time I watched it, I legit fell asleep. I'd rather watch Phantom Menace than Attack of the Clones. True. Yeah, Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Yes. But I would rather, well, okay. I don't know if I would rather rewatch the holiday special. Ah, oh, no. Cuz that I one's actually well. tough to sit through. No, those are Once ass. you once you get to like the half hour mark, it's very tough. Uh by the way, um, George Lucas is not involved, right? He's not. Uh, he yeah, has no... no, not really. Uh, okay, I'm, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was just making sure because I was thinking if he had creative control over this film, over, mm, over the new films. No, no. Right. I mean, even Bob Iger said in his uh, book that he just released that he felt like George Lucas probably felt betrayed by what they did with Star Wars. <laughs> which like makes sense but also I didn't want to see what George Lucas was going to do with 
episodes seven through nine. Because those movies would have been... Some people think it's more interesting. I think going further into the science and the midi-chlorians is a terrible idea. Because that's one of the things everyone hated so much about Phantom Menace. Because it was stupid. (laughs) And then he's going to... And, and like he drops it in episode two and three. Two. Yes, because like, yeah, you know, those other two prequels were kind of like him correcting all the crap he did in episode one. Because he even he knows that movie's bad. Now you can you can see it in the uh, episode one special feature documentary where he's kind of like uh, screening it to like himself and like I guess some of the producers or whoever. I'm like test screening uh, some of it and he's like yeah I might have gone a bit too far on this and that uh, so he knows it's bad so like so in the other two prequels you notice a a big difference there's no many chlorian stuff Jar Jar's role is heavily reduced uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, the reason why he knows it was bad was because he couldn't stop editing the shit out of it re-releases and recuts and all that shit. He's he's a perfectionist. Which is a good and bad. I Especially mean, how he keeps messing with the good movies and making them worse. Exactly. Well, uh, like my favorite one was Who Shot First? Oh yeah, that digital move of Han Solo's head is still awful. And uh and you have uh and you have a copy of that movie where it's untouched, right? Yeah. The original it's, it's yeah. a it's a lot better. I mean you just yeah. see instead of like the head move of a shot that George Lucas really just reused of another yeah, shot in the scene. It just like it's you you hear the blast and it's just like a puff of smoke and you see Greedo drop and it's like really fast and quick and kind of rough and I like it. It's why I refuse to buy the Star Wars movie on digital because... Yeah, because like the current version, the current version is the only one you can buy. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't get that. I feel like you would make even more money if you just released the original cuts. Because, like, people are going to buy the special editions, too. It's Star Wars. Like, the only way to access the original cuts is through uh, VHS or the old DVDs. bootlegs. I mean, there's, there's like, those fan-made, like, despecialized editions. Uh, Laserdisc. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the 2006 release. There were, like, individual releases of the 2004 cuts. They had a bonus disc that each had the original cut on it, but it was it was like a direct transfer of the laser disc, right. and it's also kind of like a it's letterboxed within a four three aspect ratio. So if you have <laughs> like a widescreen TV, it's gonna show as like a four three. So you probably have to like zoom in to get it right. Correct. Which probably distorts it a little bit. I don't. I don't know. It probably blurs it some. Yeah. Um, are you gonna? Uh, what's your Star Wars tradition? Do you have a Star Wars tradition? Do you go to the theaters and wear like Star Wars merch or whatever? No, I don't really have a tradition. 
Just okay. going on opening night, I guess. I'm hoping to see uh, some Wookies, maybe some uh, some Kylo Rens in the seats next to me. Hopefully, I probably won't. Be... Like I wouldn't really expect anything like that. And of course, they can't bring lightsabers anymore because they couldn't but... for Force Awakens. At least I don't remember the other ones. Yeah, uh, I'm predicting you're gonna get you're gonna give uh, Rise of Skywalker uh, probably a high full price. I don't know. I just want it to be good. That's my only expectation right now. I just want it to be good and uh, give me my Jar Jar. I want Jar Jar back. Oh That's no! The only... I mean, he was Snoke. He is the true villain of Star Wars. Right. Which was a letdown, by the way, with Snoke. You build him up yeah. to be this badass. I also kind of liked how he was killed off as a, just like as a surprise. But also, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of wasted a little bit. Unless he, unless there's some, some way to kind of make him more meaningful in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Phasma, it's too late. Uh, yeah, yeah. They dead. they killed her off in Last Jedi, so so they wasted and her twice. They wasted her twice, and also, ironically, she's in Game of Thrones. She's one of the characters in Game of Thrones. So yeah, I mean, at least yeah. with Boba Fett, they only wasted him once, and that was uh, Return of the Jedi. If we're being honest, Boba Fett. Ah. I'm sorry to say this, but he's overrated. I, I get it. I mean, he was kind of cool in Emperor in Empire Strikes Back, and just like at the time, there was a lot of mystery around that character. But in Return of the Jedi, he's just kind of a bitch. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and then in high school, uh, all these uh, all these hipsters uh, were like talking about getting tattooed they they got tattoos of Boba Fett or they got the helmet or they dressed up as him for Halloween or whatever. Hey, it's just it's a cool costume. I'm not gonna lie, I have a Boba Fett mug. You really? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> oh. But I mean he's just so popularized. I mean, he really doesn't do anything. He gets eaten by the rancor. Yeah. He goes out like a bitch. Yeah, that's that's probably the one mistake George Lucas will admit to. Is that he messed up killing off Boba Fett. I think he realizes, like, oh my god, I made him too cool. Uh, let's kill him off. Okay, bye-bye. He might as well have just not even been in Return of the Jedi, and that would have been better. And, uh... <laughs> It'll be pretty funny if, uh, if the season finale of The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian just dies by the Rancor again. You know? He goes out. He goes out like a bitch. That'd be funny. All right. All right. Yeah, so that's that's mainly what we got for this week. Have we uh, received any uh, personal messages, personal voicemails from anybody? We did not hear any 
voice messages yet. I probably have to push that harder. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, thank you. Major shout out to those people in France and uh, Germany for listening to us. Yeah, apparently we have listeners in Germany, Slovenia, and France. And it's probably one person in each country, but thank you. Like, I don't know how our podcast spread out that far. The internet works in mysterious ways. But thank you to those listeners. It's really appreciative. Thank you so Uh, much. Bonjour. I don't know the other two languages, but... Uh, uh, Bonjourno? That's Italian. That's Italian. Italian. Yeah, never mind. So, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you to those uh, audience listening to us from around the world. Yeah, and uh, you know what those people can do to... Uh... No, I lost it. You lost what? I lost where I was going with it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to do a really dumb segue to DTMerch.com. Uh, all over the body. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, rock some, I don't know. It's 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 one of those nights. For, yeah, yeah I I can't come like up that. with a good segue for DT merch. I had one last week, but I had to cut it because it didn't. It was tied to this like other conversation that didn't go with anything. Right. So I had to cut it, so we couldn't get a good DT merch plug. Now, Double I mean, Toasted is not a sponsor of Soft Boys Anonymous, but we would like them to be. Um, oh, here's a here's a here's an interesting way to segue uh, DT merch. Boba Boba Fett wouldn't have died by the Rancor had he not wore a shirt from DTMerch.com. Would it have just repelled him? <laughs> <laughs> Would have been disgusted by the toasty goodness, or yes, maybe it's he would just good. realize that the specimen is too pure. To, to eat or maybe the uh the rancor is uh allergic to gluten because of all the toasty goodness from that shirt oh well yeah yeah it does have gluten in it <laughs> toast yeah there, there's no gluten-free shit no no gluten-free no that's for pussies and people who actually need gluten-free oh, there, there are people who say. legitimately have gluten allergies I was about it's to a say, thing. We, it's a thing. Say, I'm not going to be insensitive to that. You and I know someone who's allergic to gluten. I was about to say, no, don't say that. Do we? <laughs> yes. Who? Catherine. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Shout out to Catherine, by the way. Hi, Catherine. Yeah, hey. Um... But yes, if you get a shirt from DTMerch.com or a phone case or the backpack or gift certificate or whatever, you'll be too pure to be eaten by a Rancor pit. And that's marketing. And don't end up like a bitch, like Boba Fett. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, we do, we got to, well, we got to plug some other things. This show is, we do have our Anchor page where you can go and leave us a voice message and we'll play some of those on next week's show if we get some. Uh, 
So you can follow us on Anchor, and through that page you can find the links to all of our other podcast feeds. We're on iTunes, or well, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, a bunch of stuff. So you can go and find those. I mean, on any of those platforms, you can also just search Soft Boys Anonymous and find us. We actually pop up in uh, search suggestions and Apple Podcasts if you type in like soft and before you get to the I and boys, it shows up. And of course, we're on Twitter. Soft, soft boys underscore anon. And YouTube, the Filmedia YouTube channel. And I think that's everything. Oh. We do have a Gmail, filmediapod at gmail.com. Why Filmedia? Well, this YouTube channel is a place where we can also upload episodes of the Shills for Schlock podcast, which are up every other Friday. We just had one this past Friday on the 1931 Frankenstein. Not Frankenstein, Dracula. So that's a good episode, and you should go check that out on on everything. They have their own podcast feeds. What and will be that's everything for the show. What will be uh Shills of Schlock's episode this Friday? Uh well next Friday is gonna next be Friday. the next one. And we're doing the first two police story movies. <gasps> oh oh great. Excellent choices. Because that was uh two movies we both had. And I don't know, something something about kind of easing into our love of Jackie Chan. Okay, okay. Looking forward he is to that, truly so. a great. And of course, uh, one more plug for the social contract. They, uh, well, first off, I think, I think it was Malcolm Chester that just put out some new music that you can find on Spotify and I think iTunes and SoundCloud, but I wanted to correct what I said last week about them having a performance in Wilmington. It, they're actually doing it on Saturday, November 9th at Gravity Records in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of them are going to be there, including Leah Loca, which is a, a, little, a little rare. I didn't see her the last time I saw them perform. And, of course, there, let me see, uh, there's a DJ set from Rizzy Beats, and this is going to be, I think it's at 7 or something, I, I don't remember the time, I just saw that it was on November 9th at Gravity Records in Wilmington, and it's uh, $10 admission, but it's totally worth it. Okay. Yeah, those guys put on a good show. And uh, I think that's it for the show. Um, I will, I will get Rob Earth One on here at some point, and when we do that, that's when we're gonna do that reboot remake challenge we were thinking of for uh, Power Rangers. Uh, just like whatever, because like he wants to reboot. He's been wanting to reboot Casper the Friendly Ghost forever. So, like, he could do that, and then we present him with reboot ideas of our own, of anything. 
It can be from any movie or TV show. Any movie, TV show, whatever. It doesn't even have to be a franchise. All right. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. So we might do that next week. I'll try to figure out when that one's going to happen. Okay. And that's everything. And I'm probably not going to edit this at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't think of much that needed to be edited this time. And I'm also doing this one kind of quick. Right, right. And we didn't, we uh, haven't gone that long, so I th- I think it'd be fine as it is. Um, oh, here's my plug. Um, to anyone that's listening, um, the real heroes here are Cody Cannon. Okay, for creating this amazing show, we're doing we're coming in strong with this podcast. So uh, please bear with us. Uh, shout out to Cody and Knox's podcast, Shills for Schlock. Incredible detailed podcast that i'm a huge fan of not out of nepotism i just love hearing them talk about just um, kissing the boss's ass i'm not kissing the boss's ass i really mean it i really mean it trying to (laughs) secure your spot in this program which you have done (laughs) i'm not Um, i'm not above getting my ass kissed a little bit actually maybe maybe at some point yes I, I'm not a big fan of ass kissing, but you know, I accept it, this compliment. Yes, yes. Uh, just as long as I don't get pink eye out of this. Okay. <laughs> oh, and by the way, my humor, my sense of humor is cringy, so I apologize to the audience Rick. that are listening to my cringe humor. I'm sorry. Knox's is very cringe as well, kind of in a different way. It's either cringe or like gross sex stuff. <laughs> I know. It's like you know that meme of like which button to press? Yeah. Yeah. Of two and there's one of that has like Knox as the person and it's like posting <laughs> cringe or weird porn stuff. Yeah. That's yep. pretty much its meme taste. So, a, that's a little bit about Knox and Next Friday, not this Friday, is going to be the next show for Slack. That's Soft Boys for this week. Of course, this podcast goes up every Wednesday. So uh, that's it. See you guys next time. Stay soft. And uh, come a softie by following your stuff and everything. Yeah. Great ending. Great ending. Woohoo!